If you want to pick up a quick fight with a mezcal nerd, you just need to start throwing compliments to añejos and reposados. It'll get even worse if you claim that the best epistate you've ever had spent 12 years in bourbon barrels, and that the most complex hotel you've ever encountered was pink and shiny from resting in barrels previously used to mature red wine. Even at the risk of creating some violent confrontations, I wanted to explore the world of aging. But instead of using the very controversial agave as a study case, I wanted to delve into the intrinsicacies of aging sugarcane spirits. So without further ado, please welcome Keegan Meneses and his tremendous passion for all things rum. Hello everyone, this is Heritage Mezcal. I am Chava Perivan. I am here with my friend Keegan again. Keegan, thanks for joining us today. Hello again. Yeah, today I didn't even tell you what we're going to talk about. And I just, this idea came to my head while we were recording the last episode. And I think that I really want to talk to you about aging rum. Mm. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, and, and I think this is, I mean... For for the purpose of mezcal or in in the context of mirroring it with with agave, it's you know there's a bunch of kids that will claim that you shall not get mezcal in contact with wood because there's so much complexity already in the young or white product that why wreck it when living it into a barrel? I will claim the complexity in sugarcane. It's equally and they are equally complex when they're white and yet putting rum into barrels it's nobody shrugs or or nobody makes faces about that yeah well the complexity depends how it's fermented and distilled so you can get some very clean neutral alcohol or you can have some very flavorsome alcohol and mm-hmm. uh, when you put it in barrels the barrels add their own component of flavor Mm-hmm. So depending where you source the barrels from, be it in Europe, be it in um, USA, have the barrels already had something previously in it, a wine, a spirit for some description, the, ba- the barrels will always add their own flavor. And also when you do age, that's the time element. It's not going to be weeks. It's going to be most likely years. And, that, and those chemicals within the spirit have time to make other chemicals. They have time to break up, to join with other ones and yeah so i mean jamaican rum is probably one of the most famous ones with a lot of chemicals esters in there which mm-hmm. form through the aging process and the fermentation process so yeah but i mean the way you're describing this is brilliant because you are not you're i mean you're smart enough not to say like yeah i love it i hate it you're just saying this is literally another bracket of language yeah. This is, this is, yeah. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. There's going to be some products that work well with um, aging. Others, as soon as you try it, it's going to be, nope, nope, this does not work. But until you experiment, you don't know. But saying that, I would also say, if it's not been tried previously, why? Has it been tried previously? No one's recorded a trying. And like, nope, didn't work for us. And they kept it clear. So 
don't just age it because you want to do what everyone else is doing. Age okay, it so, if you buy for the product. So, okay, that, that was actually going to be my next question. Do you, do you think that there are certain products, there are certain ways of fermenting and distilling that will make a more apt rum to interact with wood? Oh, that's a complicated question. I'd say yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. You were like, sorry. <laughs> uh, yes and no. It depends on, well, one, you have to do a chemical analysis on the white product, the new make, and then a chemical analysis on the aged product. But until you try, you never know. So until someone decided to put um, rum into barrels for shipping back to the UK, etc., I'm not sure they kept it in barrels for that long because it was being produced and drank. Same, I'm going to guess the same with mezcal, the same with um, uh, yeah, Chandler, yeah. etc. It's produced locally, they're drinking it locally, and it's produced for maybe that year's run, and it's drunk within X period. Yeah. They didn't need to store it, because they knew it's going to be done by the time the next crop was in. So. Yes, yes but, but I think that, yeah, like I've been thinking about this for a long time. Is there a agave is there a process is there what is there a way to calibrate uh an agave spirit in order to make this interaction with wood glorious or even better than what it will be at a, as just a clear spirit and from what what you are like and that's sort of what i suspect in what you're telling me that there are the cases where you've drank something that it's a new make and you're like, okay, that's good. But then you drink what has been aged and you're just like, okay, this is this is absolutely glorious. Uh, yes and no, but it depends on what you want. So mm. if you look at tequila with uh, Blanco, Reposado, Añejo, Extra Añejo, I haven't found many Añejo and Extra Añejos where you still taste tequila. So yeah. word influence has overpowered. So that's great. But not for me. If you're giving it to a whiskey drinker and a bourbon drinker who cares more about the wood influence, yes, you can get them moving over because they're not used to the agave flavor. So they may pick up more notes than I would because it's an alien note for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, but what about rum? Have you found, yeah, like same, same mindset in rum? Uh, some, yes. There's been some cladings that have been aged. I'm like, It doesn't quite work for me, but I say that because it's for me. Mm. Other people have said, I really love it. And I'm like, okay, that's your palate. You're perfectly in entitled to your opinion. But for me, I'm not going to be spending my money on it. And that's the beauty. Just because it's not good for someone, someone else may like it. And I may be the minority. I may be the majority. But there's got to be a market for it somewhere. So we'll just say that your interest is usually more uh focused on the new makes or the or the white rums or 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 you are you're happy to be promiscuous about your taste um if it's rum i'll probably drink it <laughs> really uh, okay everything under the sun <laughs> uh, not everything uh spiced rum i'm not a massive fan of but um if it's unflavored rum yes okay and I think something really interesting about some of these aging processes in rum is that some of the weathers in which they're being aged are extreme, are very extreme. The differentials of heat and, and, and cold are, are, are not something that you will find in the Scottish uh, aging room. 
right? So can you yeah. can you tell us a little bit about that? Like if that is true or yeah. if I'm inventing uh, stuff? It is true. Uh, so obviously in the Caribbean, it's a lot warmer than say in Scotland or um, say other areas where they may age spirit. And it's just pure thermodynamics. The more heat means the more active the liquid is, the more interaction it has with the wood. And there's a concept called angel share mm -hmm. or double share if you're Jamaican, which basically um, says there's liquid leaving the barrel. And, it's and the angels are drinking it, of course. Correct. Not yes. the devil, the angels. Because, yeah. Right. <laughs> and, well, the, um, the Jamaican says the duppies because they want to drink the rum. They don't want to share. So <laughs> Love it, love it. <laughs> but yeah, so, I mean, because it's warmer, there's more interaction with the wood. There's more um, liquid escaping. And that liquid can be water or rum or alcohol. And depending on how humid it is, what's the elevation, Is it beside the sea, not beside the sea? There's various different factors that um, say, generally, to say how much water is lost. But generally, you're looking, people say, three times as fast in the Caribbean than you would in Europe. Wait, wait, wait. Three times as fast you're losing or three times as fast three times you as are fast getting interaction? And, and water share and water um, angel share. So you may lose, say, 3% in, say, Scotland. You'd be 9% in the Caribbean. And that ratio is also like I, I like I don't know how how you gauge uh, like if you take a one year old age product in Scotland, let's mm -hmm. say a, a new of these projects that you're saying that are happening in the UK, and you have them in the barrels in the UK, and you have them in Jamaica. Will you say that even if they're using the same molasses, because that could actually happen, will you say that that product will be aggressively distinct? Oh, I'd say they're two different products. So there has been a product brought out, which is basically the same mark of rum. One was Asian and Caribbean, and one was aged on the continent. And they're two very different products. The, the way I look at it, it's like cooking. You can either fry something, and that's what steak. You can fry a steak, or you can slow cook a steak. Fair Are you telling me the steak's still the same steak? No, no way. Exactly. Yeah. So, And, and, and as as and as somebody that loves fried stuff, I will definitely go for the fried. <laughs> but it's just different styles. It's the way it's made. It's the different. Some people prefer continental aging. Some people prefer Caribbean aging. It's just a different style. Doesn't make one better than the other. It's just a different style. And that's even very well known for for what I'm suspecting in in rum parlance, like continental aging and, and coastal aging. That's 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 a marker that you've got all of you guys know, and you like it's it's very well known within the industry. Yeah, um, very well known within people who um, seriously get into rum, because then they can understand. Okay, what do flavor notes come from this versus Caribbean aging or hot temperature aging? Because they are very different products. You could give um, someone who's very familiar with rum, you can give them a blind tasting and like, okay, this is obviously a Caribbean-aged rum because it's got different notes than a continental-aged rum. And I hate to do this because I, I have this policy of not talking about flavors that much. But like again, like fried slow cook, would you say that there is a consistent gesture or characteristic in terms of flavor or aromas that come from these really like the frying frying approach uh so um no it depends on the base spirit so okay. the base spirit will still be present it'll be changed differently though got it but what you also got to realize is there have been companies taking 
a product out of the Caribbean aging in Europe and still saying it's from X country when uh-huh. you've got country, countries who actually fully aged in the country. So it's like you may have a 330-litre barrel aged in Europe, you only lose 30 litres. Aged in um, the Caribbean, you lose 100 litres. Oh, got it. And okay, then yeah, that's... you're trying to charge the same price. It's like, hold on a sec. The continental one, in theory, could be a lot cheaper because there's a lot more liquid left in the barrel. Got it. But, yeah. No, that's mischievous. And I, I have another question for you because I'm seeing uh, a few more people venturing into aging in Mexico. And yeah. uh, my understanding is that small barrels are very frowned upon uh, within the what, what I will say that the people that like aging or is that just a uh, a snobbish thing that has no true reasoning uh, behind it? No. So, well, in my experience, small barrels are used by people trying to see quickly how their product would develop. Because mm-hmm. obviously, the smaller barrel, the more wood contact you have. And because you've got more wood contact, you could extrapolate the flavor. While with a larger barrel, there's less wood contact. It takes longer for the wood influence to come in, if that makes sense. Absolutely, so, yeah. yeah. People could say, yes, smaller barrels, in which case you're trying to, quote, speed up the aging process when rather than leaving a longer and a longer barrel in a full-size barrel. And would you say it makes a superior product in a larger barrel that takes the proper time? Ooh, different again. I mean, (laughs) I don't like (laughs) dodging the question, but no, it's a different product because there's a famous whiskey brand that have advertised one of their products as a quarter cast, which is a quarter size barrel. And that sells phenomenally well. Doesn't mean it's different from the other ones which don't use the quarter cask. But yeah. And uh, I guess my last question, this one, and this is, uh, I, I really wish I could remember his last name. And I, I, I hope I, I get to do that in the outro of this episode. But I got to be invited to be a judge at the American Distillation Institute International Competition. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Roy, please put some like firecrackers or something to celebrate such uh, accomplishment on my side. Um, and there was this gentleman there, which, you know, we will all stand up, introduce ourselves. And then when Steve's time got to introduce himself, he said, hello, I'm Steve. And everybody knew who Steve was, except me. And he was one of the most celebrated whiskey writers, crit- uh, critiques, drinkers. You maybe know who this gentleman is. But um, anyway, he, he he gave me an idea or he mentioned something that, uh, that still resonates in my core since then. And he said, he's a man of uh, very few words, amazing guy. He came to me, it's like, you know, I've never tried a Añejo tequila that I cared about. But if Agave takes a nap in wood, I'm interested. It's like, I don't want to just sleep for a long time. I just want tiny little nap. And then that, that, that will be, that, that is the realm that, that I find that wood and Agave interact marvelously. And my question for you is, do you, can you think of some rums that have taken uh, a nap in wood that you are interested because for me the reason that, that 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 I found that amazing is like yeah you have all the you know like character of the agave and then you yep. just have like this you know like gentle influence of something that that it's adding just another layer layer of, of information yeah I mean within rum we have age statements well uh, depending which country the rum comes from we have age statements and you can go from 
unaged to aged then stripped with char- with carbon um so basically it's like say zero three um three then stripped or three-year-old five-year-old eight-year-old 12-year-old and it goes up so every single product so if you use some some famous rum producers they will have a different product within those ages age statements because they hit a different reason for producing the lighter rums could be used as your vodka gin substitutes the darker rums could be used in a bourbon type of drink uh, bourbon substitute etc so mm. but has anybody on- done like three month six month Yes, but not on a massive production that I know of. There's been smaller productions, but not a continuous run, as far as I know. Have you tried those products? Uh, a few, not all of them. And uh, how, how how do you feel about those kits? Do, do they spark your interest, or you're like, yeah? Uh, they spark my interest, uh, but it's more. It's very similar to the unaged. You got some influences. But there's not enough influence for the wood to make it markedly different. Mm. Got it, got it, got it. Because again, like I, I just, you know, you were talking about the influence of transportation, and mm-hmm. I've been interviewing mescaleros now for for almost like a year and a half now, very consistently, and all of them do refer to traveling with donkeys and and wood barrels, yep. and as you say, like it was a yearly batch. So pretty sure everything was aged for less than a year. And that just like keeps on churning around my head. You know, like if you wanted to recreate what a lot of a lot of these people were drinking in the twenties, in the you know, in the beginning of, of last century well, of two centuries ago, maybe you should be aging for less than a year. And that will be very historically accurate to what these people were were enjoying. So younger style repo is in theory. Yeah, yeah, they're the youngest of them all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could do that. I mean, there's no reason why someone can't do that or shouldn't do that. Um, and you can even use that as a marketing spiel. This is how rum used, um, how um, Mexican rum used to be aged, as opposed to long aging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, like I, I just, I just wanted to mention that in this context. I don't know if uh, it, it made a ton of sense, but uh, again, it's just been going around in my head. Is there anything else within this? range of aging in rum that any experiment oh. any any gesture within it that you do think it's it's fascinating uh ex- there's always experimentation within uh rum uh so are people are using various different barrels for different types of wood nowadays um but probably the biggest debate at debate slash argument at the moment within the rum world is to do with protecting um brands and island designations so you can have a producer taking rum out of a island nation, aging in a continent, and still saying it's from that island, even Would though you saying, yeah, yeah, only yeah. had maybe two months there, and it brought over as a white, or brought over as slightly aged, and then they say, oh, it's still from that country, and claiming the provenance of that country, even though majority of the time it wasn't there i will have never imagined that was i mean people get greedy i guess but i i, I will have never imagined that was like the the new chip trick in the bag of it's not of, it's not a new trick it's an old trick but people are now saying hold on a sec you have our rum which has been aged fully in our country therefore yeah. we should call it our rum so uh, island rum versus a rum that's maybe spent 
a shorter and either no time or not as much time. So you can have a rum that spent, say, five years on the island and in 10 years not on island. Is that still the island's rum? No. Yes. No way. Yeah. Exactly. But then you got people saying, hold on a second, it still came from the island. Can't they claim it? It's like, no. Well, my venue is no. You've taken it out of the place it was made and you've aged it in a different way. Yeah, it's called it differently. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's a product from that country. It's not that country's product. I love that. I love that. That's and that's such an accurate discussion for from for agave spirits these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, love it. Well, Keegan, really, this has been some of the most fascinating episodes that I've done in a long time. I really, really appreciate you took the time to talk to a uh, neophyte in the sugarcane magic. Everyone starts at the beginning sometime. You're right. We all have to start from somewhere. And if you come to Mexico, please let me know. I'll be. I'll do my homework. I'll try to get you a good selection of what I think are, are pretty examples of sugarcane spirits from, from this Ooh, country. That's tempting. That's very tempting. I will I will take you up on that. Please, please do. Señor, thanks a lot again. See you soon. No worries, bye. Adiosito. My recommendation this time has to be linked with rum, obviously. So I think that my idea here is to recommend the Conspiración de 1809. The Conspiration of 1809, which is located right in the center of Morelia. And I think I love this place for a number of reasons. I mean, especially their lengua en cacahuatada is a thing of beauty. But their rum menu is really interesting. They don't only have rums from a lot of areas of Mexico, but them being in Michoacán, they have few things that are really interesting. They have guarapos, they have charandas, and they even have some new projects that I think are really interesting happening in Michoacán. So if you find yourself in Morelia, and again, you find yourself full with mezcal, try some rum. Go to La Conspiración. Also, some music were created by Roy Sierra. Thanks for listening, y nos vemos a rato.